Good morning. It's good to see each of you here. It's good to be here with you. As we think of the season, I my let me back up and start a little earlier than focused on the message this morning. Uh, when Brother Nelson revealed his circumstances, um, I felt it was in order to make an effort to relieve him of his duties this morning. And and um, as some of you can probably relate better than others, I, I told Nelson this morning, I said it was interesting. Usually we don't... Uh, struggle very often, but sometimes we struggle as ministers, I think, to know where to go, and I'd been thinking of uh, what to share next Sunday, and it was not down the Christmas line, <laughs> and um, and so this morning as I, I was able to rest last night, but I, I uh, again, just needed to commit it to the Lord and realize that He can lead out and direct in, in our midst for His praise and His glory. So as we worship here this morning, um, I want to look at a number of things and some scriptures relating to Christ, uh, His coming as a child, as a babe, and uh, I did suggest to Brother Dave to feel free to interject um, if there are scriptures that relate to a certain hymn on the subject, feel free to interject that. So if he does that, understand that that's part of the plan this morning. Appreciated the singing already. The last song, Maker, Monarch, and Savior of All. That's a, a huge act, statement to, to absorb and ponder. As I was thinking about Christ in a, in a broader sense, we have the word here this morning to, to bless us, to guide us, to reveal our loving creator, our merciful creator. And yet, as I thought about all the writers, and I want to look at a couple verses this morning, uh, referencing the purposes of the writing of the scripture, I had to think our Lord and Savior with his purpose, the plan of the Almighty One to send him to that he would come as a babe and to set the example for us that we ponder at the Christmas season in a special way. I had to think, we have the words of Christ highlighted in the scriptures, but we do not have a document here that he himself, as, as many people today, uh, experience some great uh, endeavor or trip or experience and they record it in their journal or more commonly now, they post it in their blog. And yet the work of Christ was recorded, revealed to us 
And when you think of the significance of it, and we'll be looking at a few scriptures this morning concerning the significance of his birth, do we treasure? And I'll just give you a sneak glimpse of what I was wanting to go into next week, Lord willing, but I uh, didn't feel like I had it in complete enough grasp to go there this morning. But notice, turn to the Gospel of Luke. And notice with me a couple of the introductions that Luke, the writer Luke, uses as he expresses things as he, as he is inspired to. Things are delivered unto him to write. He says here, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. We understand this morning here, brothers and sisters, through our heritage, through our knowledge of, of the scriptures, through our experience, I trust this morning, our personal relationship and dependence upon our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the significance of it. But notice the things that were used to record not only the significance of his birth, but the work of Christ from beginning to end, from everlasting to everlasting. And Luke writes here that there has been many that have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. We live in a world today that many, many people do not have a desire or the assurance to have confidence in the word of God. They do not have a knowledge of the significance of the gift given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't aren't able to discern its value. Yesterday I was doing some work there with some equipment on the road and uh, returning back to the barn on one trip where I was working. I was coming down the road talking to someone on the phone and there in the road was a kettle lid, a heavy metal kettle lid. I thought to myself, what's what did that come from? Whose vehicle was going to the dump and it fell off? So I stopped as quick as I could and backed up and went and looked. And I saw some cardboard over along the edge of the road there at the field. And <clears throat> this lid was a, looked like a brand new Dutch oven lid. And looking a little further, I 
found by the side of the field there. Here was the, the bottom part of this kettle there in the field. I thought, this is strange. Why would somebody just ditch a new Dutch oven along the road? It wasn't like they were going to the dump, I assume not. Taking trash and it fell off. And I got the piece of the box there and looked and it had a shipping label on it. And it was uh, not too many miles from where it was to be delivered. And had a shipping label there and the name and address and a phone number. And I thought, well, my first thought was, well, I guess we'll just do something with this kettle. And then when I found the phone number, I called and they said this. They said, yes, uh, the neighbor had just told them a short while ago that someone ran up on their deck and stole three packages. And this particular item, I guess, did not meet their definition of a worthy gift to keep, of a worthy gift to utilize. They didn't have any use for it. And so, going down that road, they chucked it. There it was with the target box, a little bit of the packing, the instruction booklet, just all there scattered out. I didn't ask the folks, but they came and, and got it. Didn't ask them if it was a gift as such, but I, from what they said, I assumed it was. I had to think about that in light of the significance of Christ's birth. When the gentleman came to get it, he was friendly and grateful and gracious. And, <clears throat> and yet, I didn't have any reason to really believe that he knew my Jesus. He was more content with the term holiday. And he wished me a good holiday. Have a happy holiday. The significance of Christ's birth in the day in which we live. What is it to you and I? What is it to others? What should it be for them? This past week we had snow came, the ice came, you see the remnants of it, and, and I was reminded as well as we were working our way through some subdivisions, and quite often we don't plow snow when the Christmas lights are up, but it was quite a variety to see of what men's focus is on. What is the true significance of the birth of our Lord and Savior? How is it being manifested in our homes, in our hearts? You know, it's easy for me to drive by the, the church's food pantry and see the Santa Claus standing out there and think, well, they have a diluted perspective of Christ's birth. But what is really showing forth in my life? Where is my contentment found? Where is my trust placed? 
Luke was writing. I want to turn over to picking back up just briefly on Luke chapter 1 there with the first two verses. Turn over to Acts chapter 1 as well. We live in a day in which many people have a very loose understanding or a weak conviction on as to the the weight of the Holy Scriptures, as to their veracity, as as to the fact that they are infallible. Here he repeats some of what he said there in a sense. He says in verse 1, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. I'll leave off reading there. Without the hand of God guiding in the hearts of men, without the work of Christ and his ministry, without... And notice in this passage in particular, it refers to the fact that um, that passage of time there that it says he was until the day which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The significant role and um, Lord willing, want to look into that a little further in the future, but the significant role of the, the work of the apostles in recording and laying forth the things that they most surely observed, they witnessed, they saw, and they uh, embraced as the truth. This morning, there are many likely that would just be just as convinced to cultivate a faith and some of the pagan beliefs related to the observance of Christmas rather than fully trust in what the Word tells us. I want to look at just a few of these things this morning. Uh, the prophecies in, involving uh, Christ's coming, I appreciated the uh, one of the first passages I had in mind was in, in um, Isaiah. Brother Craig touched on it in the opening. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 7. One of the marvels of the Word of God is the, the interwoven uh, strength of the prophecies and the fruition of those prophecies, the foretelling, the completion of. And here we read in verse 14 of Isaiah. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Um, now that that same scripture is referred to in in Matthew chapter one as well, but there's something else there that um, we pretty much know. I think all of us know, but let's make sure we remember it. Um, he concludes this this quote here 
with these words, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. The significance of Christ's birth. When we look at a small child, a baby, we see vulnerability, we see need. We see something that isn't a threat to us, but uh, a creature that has needs to be met. And yet that is the form in which Christ came, was prophesied to come. Um, Turning over to chapter 9 of Isaiah, I just want to... Review those verses. He begins that verse there, that scripture with the fact of a child being born, a son given. And then it says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. From an innocent child, a vulnerable infant, to King of kings and Lord of lords. For unto us, a child is given. A child is born. If you care to turn to Micah, I want to refer to a couple of verses here. Micah chapter 5. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me. That is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from of old, from everlasting. I was impressed with the contrast here again of something new, someone new coming forth, this child being born. And yet... Prophet made known that he has been from everlasting. He has always been. The significance of God with us, our eternal, almighty, sovereign Lord. Some of the promises, not only the prophecy, but the promises came. We'll be looking at a couple of those in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 1. A few verses regarding Joseph's experience. Beginning in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, 
was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. When we look at the manger, what do we see? Going over now to the words of John, John 1, 29. The Gospel of John here referencing testimony given by John. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized, baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that he, this is the Son of God. And the next day after John stood and two of, his, two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. The significance of Christ's birth bears so much more beyond It was promised. It was affirmed repeatedly here by the testimony of John the Baptist. What would Christ the babe, the Christ child be like <clears throat> without all the further uh, documentation, record of the significance, true significance of the impact of his birth? I want to look in Luke chapter 1, a few verses here. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 26. We have the promise given to Mary in this passage. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art that thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when he saw, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. 
and the Lord God shall live, give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. As we read various passages of the record of his birth, we can understand likely that their minds were being stretched. Their thoughts were being varied as to the significance of it all. We are blessed today to have the record before us. We are blessed today to see how it fit together and the true significance of it for us today. Three other things I want to look at here yet um, as not only as of those things that were prophesied, those things that were promised, but the declaration of several uh, passages that describe the message of the angels. <clears throat> Chapter 2 of Luke again. I want to go to verses 8 through 12. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. A babe lying in swaddling clothes. Christ the Lord. Picking back up in verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were going away from them <clears throat> into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherd, shepherds. The, the account here of the angel's revelation to the shepherds they're processing of that information. They're going and acting on it. Their joy 
is something that we can take a lesson from today. And it should not be for us like that poor Dutch oven was thrown by the road. But the significance of Christ's birth is something to be treasured. And it's something for us all to herald the blessings of it. <clears throat> now, in continuing on a couple more verses in Luke 2, we have some verses here describing... Simeon's account in verse 25 and following says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it re was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. May we be able to, with Simeon, say, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Yet one more account in the following verses there. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. The significance of Christ's birth is indeed found in those that are seeking and looking for redemption. There's a word we've heard and read about in recent times and, and it's a it's an awful term but the, the term irredeemable we've heard used in society recently. Have you not? Deplorable, irredeemable. I'm so glad this morning. The significance of Christ's birth removes the possibility that we as mankind are irredeemable. But we have in Him the ability to to like those saints of old, acknowledge him for who he was, the Son of God, sent as a child, a Christ child, the babe, and to bless and worship. May that be the center of our praise, of our focus, 
think it's so easy for us in our culture of of uh, abundance to focus on the the dainties and the the plans and the the bows and the the ribbons. May they never allow us to forget the birth of our Christ.